You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Uh, today, I want to highlight Wednesdays on Locked On NBA. It's Small Market Meets Big Market Wednesdays on Locked On NBA podcast. Join Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or where wherever you get podcasts. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day today. Um, as I mentioned here off the top, quite a few Timberwolves related things to talk about. The first thing is going to be uh, Jeff Newton being named the head coach of the Iowa Wolves. Jeff Newton, of course, of Summer League fame. He was the last minute, uh, named the, the head coach of the Summer League team last minute after Joseph Blair accepted a position with the Washington Wizards. And Blair, of course, had gone throughout the, the whole Summer League training camp, if you will, the week-long uh, preparation for Las Vegas Summer League. And then Blair was named uh, to a coaching position with the Wizards. And that meant that Jeff Newton was elevated and that was made public on the afternoon of the Monday of the start of Summer League. So the, the same day as the first Summer League game, Newton led the Summer League Wolves to a 4-1 and record. And they were the, the thing that stuck out the most, and if you listen to any of my Summer League podcasts, the the game recap pods, the uh, the really the Summer League recap pod as well, uh, I highlighted the defense and how hard the team played and the really the stick to of, of that unit for the Timberwolves. And Jeff Newton was the architect of that. Obviously the credit goes to the players for playing hard, but the, but to, to get consistent ball pressure, to get a, a ter- any, any version of a Timberwolves team, if, even if it's a, the, the summer league squad to play together with some consistency and cohesion is really impressive. And that's exactly what Jeff Newton did his background. He's been with the team now uh, for a couple of years, uh, most recently, he was the offensive associate and player development coach the last two seasons. Prior to that, he had been with the Sacramento Kings as an associate, or excuse me, assistant video coordinator for the last three years. Before that, he was in Houston, which of course would have overlapped with Gerson Rosas. No idea how much interface Rosas and um, and Newton had back when he was an assistant video coordinator. Um, he was a personnel scout one year, assistant video coordinator another, and basketball operations intern. Before that, he was a basketball ops intern with the Charlotte Bobcats. So he is the your your you know kind of typical maybe typical is not the right word. Your you know the story of basketball operations intern to assistant video person to personnel scout to another assistant video position to an associate coach uh, role like he had a player development coach in Minnesota. And now here he is uh, roughly a decade into his career. He's the head coach of the G League team after coaching the Wolf Summer League team to a four and one record. Um, ringing endorsements from around the media in the Twin Cities about Newton's uh, presence and the way that players felt about the job he did in Las Vegas. So certainly seems to be a player friendly hire, somebody who Rosas has familiarity with and now Chris Finch as well. And um you know, no reason to think this is a job he can't handle. Um, so we'll we'll see how this goes for Jeff Newton. But, you know, good for a guy like that who's kind of worked his way up from the bottom um, and, and looking forward to see uh, to, to see what comes of the team in Iowa. And, and something else that was mentioned in the, in the team's 
press release, their statement on the hiring of Jeff Newton to coach the Iowa Wolves was uh, two-way players um, serving as a, a great foundation for two-way players. This was in a quote from Chris Finch in the Timberwolves release um, on Timberwolves.com. And I mean, that's that's such a huge part now. Like, you know, five years ago, yeah, it was a big deal who your G League coach was if you were lucky enough to have a one-to-one G League to NBA team uh, you know, relationship instead of just the way that it used to be, you know, the Wolves were, were in Sioux Falls, the Sky Force, and they were one of like four teams at one point that shared that roster. And now you not only are implementing your entire structure, the culture, the coaching, the philosophy on both ends of the floor, probably even the playbook in most situations, but two-way players are going to flow back and forth between the two teams far more than that ever used to happen before the two-way contract existed. Um, it was pretty much just the team. Occasionally a guy would get called up. They could get signed off to a different team. Um, it doesn't happen that way as much anymore. And the two-way contract means that you're going to have Nathan Knight and, uh, and McKinley Wright probably playing a couple dozen games there, a couple dozen games in Minnesota, getting pulled back and forth. Of course, Des Moines being roughly a four-hour drive from the Twin Cities. So it's just a different animal now. And it's very important for the coach, the head coach in Iowa to be an extension of Chris Finch's staff in the Twin Cities. Um, and, and the Wolves believe that they have that here with Jeff Newton. So be a lot of fun to see um, how that all kind of shakes out. And, and, you know, who else, who knows what else that roster is going to look like? We have no idea yet. You know, exhibit 10 guys like an Isaiah Miller, who was fantastic in G or excuse me, summer league pretty likely he ends up with that team, you know, so we'll see. Uh, that'll always be a, it's a fun thing to look at here as we get closer to training camp, who's going to be on the Iowa Wolves roster and who could be that next line of defense for the Timberwolves as they call guys up during the season. Um, next, I want to get into this Hoopsype thing. So over at Hoopsype, there's uh, Frank Urbina does a list, the top 22 players at each position for the upcoming season. He's done three positions so far. One list has zero Timberwolves on it. One has one Timberwolf player on it. And the other one has two Timberwolves on it. Now this is by position, right? Um, so I want to talk through that here in just a minute, give my commentary on it, why I think some of it is is really spot on. And I think I think Frank did a great job. And in some other instances where I think he missed, it was it's a pretty bad swing and a miss. So we'll get into all that here next. Before we do though, let's talk about Sweatblock. Sweatblock is of course a new friend of ours here at the podcast. And um, if there's if there's a few things in life that aren't fun to talk about, sweat is definitely one of them. Excessive sweating, really, to be specific. When you sweat through no, for your shirts for no reason, it's definitely embarrassing, um, whether it's during public speaking, interviews, uh, first date, important speech, uh, you know, whatever that might be, and you don't want to worry about it, use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. I just started using them last week. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply them at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. I know this sounds too good to be true, but you literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week. It helps keep you dry the whole time. No more pitting out, no more picking your shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. Trust me, again, I tried using, I started using it and it's fantastic. It's uh, Sweatblock is doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use, and they have a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you'll get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by Firefighters has been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, has over 13,000 reviews on Amazon. You can wear whatever you want to wear. It'll be your little secret to confidence. It's a must have for everyone's toiletry bag. If it's a big presentation, a hot date, a speech, public speaking, whatever it might be, um, you need Sweatblock. 
If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check it out. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on. Again, sweatblock.com, promo code locked on, or on, or you can get it at Amazon or at CVS. But again, sweatblock.com, promo code locked on for 20% off today. Let's also talk about DirecTV. Um, Stop me if you've had this experience before. Uh, You've got a device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a way that you can get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. You can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is that there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required and content varies by package. Okay, uh, let's talk about these hoop type lists. Um, we'll start with the small forward list. Uh, that, one, that one's not going to take long. Uh, clearly, that's the one that there were no Timberwolves players listed. Again, this is the top 22 small forwards in the league, according to Frank Urbina at Hoops Hype. And Frank describes himself as somebody who's anal- analytically minded in his bio. So he takes kind of the analytical advanced metric perspective on this as he ranks his list. And again, for the most part, I think he does a good job. I don't know why I would expect there to be a Timberwolves player. I don't know why anyone would expect there to be a Wolves player listed under small forwards. Um, I mean, the Wolves played most of last year with a combination of Josh Okoge, Jake Lehman, um, you know, just kind of a rotating cast of characters at the three that, that really weren't going to stick there, um, you know, long-term and weren't going to hit this list. Uh, I'll hit a couple notables on the list. Joe Ingles with the Jazz made the list at 21, TJ Warren at 20. Um, DeAndre Hunter, Hunter, excuse me, who was out for a good chunk of the year last year for Atlanta at 18. I like him a lot. OG Ananobi is down at 17, which is surprising. Andrew Wiggins is at 16 on this list, which I guess that feels about right. Mikel Bridges, who of course had somewhat of a breakout year with Phoenix, he's at 14. Um, Jeremy Grant, who the Wolves were interested in last year and restricted free agency, ultimately went to Detroit, is at 13 on that list. Um, the top 10, Michael Porter Jr., uh, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Chris Middleton, guys who you'd expect. Jimmy Butler's at six, Paul George, five, Jason Tatum, four, LeBron James, three, Luka Doncic at two, and Kevin Durant at one. So there's also some liberties taken there with, if you're going to fit these guys into a box for the purpose of these rankings, um, you know, does LeBron play the four more than he does the three? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe not as much last year, but yeah, in recent years, yes. Luka Doncic, point forward type player. He fits into the small forward box here. So you can kind of play around with that. But all the the, the moral of the story is here, here is there's no Timberwolves listed in the top 22 small forwards. And I understand why. Um, the the one that's a little more interesting to me, and, and I'm going to get maybe a little fired up about this, is the point guards list. Um I've, I've talked a lot in this podcast about D'Angelo Russell is generally by the casual NBA fan, probably a little overrated. He's a ton of fun to watch. He had the one big all-star season in Brooklyn, dragged that team to the playoffs. Basically him and Spencer Dinwiddie dragged that, that roster to the playoffs a couple of years ago. And, you know, he had some nice scoring nights in Golden State. He, uh, he obviously can score the basketball, right? He's a great shooter. He's a very, very good player. I think generally he's overrated by the casual NBA fan. And a lot of times these top, hundred top whatever player lists have him in kind of the fifties to sixties range, which feels a little high for a player who is a very poor defender. Um, and I mean, that's the biggest knock, right? He doesn't get to the rim. He doesn't really get the free throw line a lot, but he's a great 
three-point shooter. He's a great free throw shooter when he gets there. He's very efficient. Um, the biggest issue is defense. And also now, um, I, I guess this doesn't really factor into the list, but the max contract, you got to con- consider the value of the player. So I expected him to be ranked um you know, kind of middle of the pack, uh, or I should say middle of these, these 22, I expected to be in that 15, 15, 16 range. Sure enough, D'Angelo Russell ranked on this list, number 16, or excuse me, number 17 in point guards league wide. It was still a little bit lower than I expected. So let's first talk about the guys who he beat up. Dewante Murray of the Spurs at 22, Derek Rose, old friend, Derek Rose, now the New York Knicks at 21, Terry Rozier of the Charlotte, uh, I almost said Charlotte Bobcats, Wow. Charlotte Hornets ranked number 20. Kemba Walker, the Knicks at 19. And Spencer Dinwiddie, former teammate of of uh, D'Angelo Russell in Brooklyn, now of the Washington Wizards at 18. D'Angelo Russell ranks 17th. Um, at first glance, that seemed okay. And sure enough, he's right behind Kyle Lowry. He's right behind Lonzo Ball, who are 16 and 15, respectively. Those make sense to me. Malcolm Brogdon, Brogdon in Indiana is 14. Fred Van Vliet, 13, Mike Conley, 12. I can buy all that. LaMelo Ball of the Hornets, of course, last year's Rookie of the Year at 11, which feels a little iffy to me, just mostly because the sample size is so small. And then the top 10 gets really weird. Uh, Ben Simmons is number nine. And I mean, you could make an argument for Ben Simmons in a couple of these different categories, but putting him in point guard's fine. Ranking him at nine is is not great. It's that's just too low. They have him ranked below Darren Fox, who's number eight. The worst ranking though is John Moran. And I like John Moran. He's a fun player. He's fun to watch. He's young. He's exciting. The Grizzlies are young and exciting. But John Moran is ranked number six on the top point guard list in the NBA by Frank Urbina at Hoopside. That's ahead of Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, both Lonzo and LaMelo Ball and D'Angelo Russell. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't care what metric you take. You could look at ESPN real plus minus, which in my opinion, and and I, I've certainly said this before, I think is the best kind of comprehensive metric. If you're going to pick one, one metric that's supposed to take as much as you can and, and, you know, spit it out at one number, which again is, is a bad practice. And, and there's no, you know, single end all be all metric to be clear. But if you're going to pick one, ESPN's real plus minus is, is about what, you would want to pick. Um, Morant last year had a 0.41 in either real plus minus just last season in the 2021 season that ranked 28 among point guards. Russell's was 0.98. So more than uh, 0.98 versus 0.41. There's also several other players that were ranked ahead of Morant on uh, in ESPN real plus minus that ranked behind him on the hoop type list. Uh, I mean, it's not the only metric either. You could look at any number of other things. Wind shares is, is a pretty good example as well. Those were very close um, over at Basketball Reference. I, I just don't know how you rank John Rant ahead of, I mean, certainly I, w- I would say I wouldn't rank him ahead of D'Angelo Russell as of now. I mean, maybe John Rant has a higher ceiling and he ends up as a better player in a few years. But sitting here right now in a vacuum, D'Angelo Russell is a better player than John Rant. And John Rant is certainly not better than Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook, Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball. I, I just think it's crazy to have him at number six. Um, so that was my biggest issue with this list. And it isn't even directly related to D'Angelo Russell. For me, I probably bump Russell up a couple spots to 15. I'd probably, I mean, there's a couple guys in there. Um, you could maybe put Brogdon below Russell. Uh, I, he would maybe be the other one. So I, I think you get Russell to 15, maybe 14 best case. 17 just seemed a little bit too low. 
even understanding that as a general rule, he's often overrated. Um, Chris Paul's five on the list, Trey Young at four, Kyrie Irving three, Damian Lillard two, and Steph Curry number one. Hard to argue with those num- with the, with that part of the ranking. I'd maybe bump Kyrie and Trey Young down below Chris Paul at this point. Um, and John, again, John Rant at six just continues to throw me off. Um, but the D'Angelo Russell ranking in the mid-teens makes sense. I just think he was a little bit on the low end of that uh, that ranking overall. Um, interestingly, though, the Timberwolves actually had two players listed on the shooting guards edition of this ranking done by Frank Urbina at Hoopsype. So I want to get to that here in a second. Um, which two Timberwolves players were on that list, where they ranked, and why they either should or should not have been ranked where they were. Um, so we're going to get to all that here in a second. First, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It's fantastic. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. If you are a, a protein bar person, but you haven't had Built Bar, what are you doing? You got to have. You got to try a Built Bar. They're delicious. Um, you'll forget you're even eating a protein bar. Honestly, um, coconut is is amazing. Cookies and cream. Um, uh, Rocky Road is a new one. I don't know if that's still available, but it's really good. Mint brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine main flavors and check out the macros in Built Bars. Again, super healthy, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from only 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar per bar and only four to five grams net carbs. All the flavors taste amazing and they're all super healthy for you. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the US track and field team. You can go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Also, it's that time of year again. Let's talk about betonline.ag. All eyes are now turning to football. Teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. NFL season starts tomorrow, Thursday night, regular season does. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of the opening night super promo make a bet. On Thursday, September 9th, that's tomorrow, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when you sign up and use the promo code NFL100. Again, promo code NFL100 for new customers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's go ahead and talk about this uh, the shooting guards list at Hoops Hype. So again, 22 shooting guards are ranked. The Timberwolves have two guys who deserve to be on that list. And in fact, they had two guys that made it onto the list. Um, and they were both in the top 19 on this top 22 list. Um, I'm going to pull up the, the full list here, uh, but Anthony Edwards and Malik Beasley both made the list, as they should have. And a side note, I think if if you're looking at this list in a year, Anthony Edwards might be on the small forwards list. Um, I mentioned this the other day on the show, but reportedly he's gained a couple, or I should say grown a couple of inches. Chris Finch actually said this in an interview, I think at the State Fair um, in Minnesota, that Anthony Edwards is actually six foot six now, not six foot four. So he can legit play the three on both ends of the floor. I mean, he could anyway. He played just a little bit of small ball four last year, but he could play the three, play some small ball four. And sitting here 12 months from now, I think we'll look at him more as a three than we do a two. And Malik Beasley at six foot four still, I'm, I'm 
guessing 25-year-old Billy Beasley didn't grow at all this offseason. He'll stick at the two spot. They're both on this list, though. Uh, for for top shooting guards, so I'm going to start at the bottom since since they're both kind of in the middle of the pack here. Gary Trent Jr., um, of course, Minnesota native, ranked 22nd. He's now a member of the Toronto Raptors. Seth Curry from Philadelphia, I thought was ranked way too low on this list. Again, this is Hoopside Franker being his list. He's 21 on the list, uh, which seems too low. Uh, in my mind, Duncan Robinson of the Miami Heat, number 20, Malik Beasley ranked number 19. I was a little surprised he made the list. I think he should have. Um, he is efficient enough and effective enough as a scorer that it makes sense that he's here. There's an interesting note here that Urbina has. Um, he notes that that per Synergy Sports, Beasley ranked in the 95th percentile in the NBA as a spot-up shooter last year, with three points per possession. For reference, that's a higher mark than Steph Curry, barely, who's at 1.29 points per possession on spot-up shots last season. He talks about how he's more than just a spot-up shooter. He's 80th percentile in transition scoring because of his athleticism. Talked about this at length on this podcast, but you know Beasley is a top-flight shooter, catch-and-shoot guy. His release, his trigger is so quick. He's a perfect fit for the Timberwolves in terms of transition scoring, running the floor. He can score at the rim in transition. He doesn't score at the rim much in the half court, um, and he doesn't do a ton of scoring efficiently from the mid-range either. But transition scoring is very good from outside the arc and at the rim. And in the half court, he can come off of pin downs and pop up and get, you know, get open three point shots that he's going to knock down. Again, the quick release is really, really important. And he he has that. Um, he's such a perfect fit for the Timberwolves and specifically with Carl Anthony Towns um, that I, I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, last year he played, what, roughly half the season, not quite half the season due to suspension and injury. Um, if he can play a full season this year, I think Beasley's going to have a monster year. I think he is staying close to a 20-point score, even if he's playing for Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, and D'Angelo Russell. But he's 19 on this list, which, again, I was surprised, but I think that's probably about right. In fact, I'd have him higher than Tim Hardaway Jr. of the Mavs, who's at number 18. I'd have him higher than Dylan Brooks of the Grizzlies, who's number 17. Cade Cunningham's never even set fun in court save for summer league. And he's number 16 on this list. So I think you could slide Beasley up to 16 and feel pretty good about it. Um, you could, you could quibble with buddy healed at 15. I, I'm not the big buddy healed fan. Um, and maybe I'm, I'm just a little bit uh, influenced by his contract too much, but, uh, he's at 15 Terry Albert. And of course, last year's uh, a rookie last year, third rookie of the year voting. He was number 14 on this list. Bogdan Bogdanovich from the Hawks is number 13. And we arrive at number 12. This is Anthony Edwards coming in at number 12 on this hoop type list. Um, and it talks about his slow start to the season, how great he was on the strip, has his final 34 games of the season. He shot 45% from the field, 35% from three, 77% from the free throw line, uh, just a hundred 24 points, about five rebounds per game. Um, Timberwolves fans know if you you didn't need to, even need to pull the stats, you'd know that Anthony Edwards was fantastic the past, or the final I'd call it even more than two months, really two and a half plus months of the season throughout March, April, and May. Um, he was really, really good. And the numbers bear that out. If he plays like he did the final to 10 weeks of last season for the entirety of next season, he's going to be a borderline all-star. That's how good he was late in the season. Now, the fact that he still couldn't win rookie of the year shows just how bad he was at the first part of last season. And, and again, I, he's 19, right? And he's coming off the bench. The team, you know, he gets to play with much, then he didn't really get a chance to play with Russell because Russell was hurt. Russell had surgery. He was with Rubio, then he didn't play with Rubio. It, like the whole the whole first part of his year was completely tumultuous. And then there's the coaching change kind of right when he's starting to get his footing. So, you know, 
fine that he wasn't good the first part of last year. I just think it's important to point out that he was terrible early in his rookie season, was phenomenal, all-star level play the second part of the rookie season. So if we get if we get something closer to the second part of the season, uh, you know, as we move into the 21-22 campaign, um, we're going to get a really, really good version of Anthony Edwards, and we could be looking at an all-star type level season from him. Um, so ranking him at 12 makes some sense. I'd actually probably put him ahead of Colin Sexton of the Cavs, who's at number 11, RJ Barrett of the Knicks at 10. And then you can't really argue he's in the top 10 at this point. Karis LeVert's at nine, Clay Thompson at eight, really hard to rank him since he didn't play last year. CJ McCollum, Blazers at seven, Shea Gilgis-Alexander at six, Zach Levine, old friend Zach Levine at five, which I mean, that's right. I mean, that's how good Zach Levine has been of late. Donovan Mitchell at four, Devin Booker three, Bradley Beal two, and of course, James Harden of the Brooklyn Nets at number one. Um, position that, you know, used to be stacked, right? Superstars used to play the two in the NBA, you know, going back a decade or whatever. And then it kind of went away, right? There weren't that many two guards. I remember a time like five years ago when you looked up and like Aaron Aflalo was arguably the best two guard in the league. A good player, but should have been the best two guard in the league. And, and I'm exaggerated a little, but but not by much. Um, but now you've got Harden, Beal, Booker, Levine, uh, Donovan Mitchell. There's all these guys. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, you know, it's such a promising position right now. Uh, the fact that we're looking at Clay Thompson at eight and Anthony Edwards at, at twelve is is just nuts. Um, so really interesting these lists. And obviously the power forward and center aren't out yet. I wouldn't expect there to be any Timberwolves on the power forward list. I think McDaniel's cracks it. Um, Center-wise, interested to see where Towns lands. Prediction is he's out. He's uh, behind Jokic. He's behind Denny Davis. He's behind Joel Embiid. So I think you got to put him fourth, um, and that would seem to be about right. Um, and it's coming out sometime in the next week or two here. So we'll definitely cover it here, Lockdown Wolves, um, and just kind of see where where Frank Urbina at Hoopsype has Towns ranked. And if maybe, perhaps there is somebody on the Wolves that cracks the power forward list. Although I think that's pretty unlikely. Okay. Um, that's all I have on the show today. We will have a show on Friday this week as well. We're still doing three shows a week here in the off season. I'm going to do a couple more like historical, uh, you know, glimpses of kind of what ifs we did the Allen Iverson, what if on Monday. So we'll take a look back at, at past seasons and, um, dig into a couple what if type scenarios, look at maybe some of the, I mean, this isn't going back that far at all, but Gerson Rosas is tenure so far, the best and worst moves, some of those types of things over the next couple of weeks here. So be sure that if you're not already following or subscribed to Lockdown Wolves, that you do that. Um, you can do so wherever you listen to podcasts, um, we're everywhere and, and it's free, right? Subscribe, listen, um, or watch on YouTube. This is week two of of Lockdown Wolves being on YouTube. And so many of our Lockdown shows are now on YouTube. So be sure you're subscribing to those channels Again, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, that includes Apple, that includes Spotify, of course, that includes uh, Google Podcasts, and obviously the all-new Odyssey as well. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast. Of course, we're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.